Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. This is the Wesson Walker Show. I think the most I've ever spent was like maybe, was maybe 150 it's a decent amount. It's Wes. And how much was the transaction that you had to pay her when the date was over? Wow. That's wow. an amazing insult. And Walker. It just makes me feel good. I can't get a woman out of the bed, but I can get my co-host or that's my right. show host out of the bed. That's I think right. you can get a woman in the bed, Fiddy. It's not about getting them out right now. Shut the hell up. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. <laughs> Definite inside joke. Oh, yeah. That's too, that's too much. Trying to bring us on home on this Friday. It's Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I'm on a sugar high. I really don't know if I'm energized or if I'm sick. It's a very weird feeling I'm experiencing after <laughs> drinking a two liter of orange soda in an hour and a half worth of time. I thought about doing it in a segment worth of time. Then that continued to go longer and longer. I'm telling you right now, couldn't have done it in 20 minutes. Just couldn't have done it. You saw how bad I was struggling. There's just no way. I was burping like hell during the break, too. It was a lot going on. Fiddy said something weird. He said, Walker, I love it when you burp. That's a sentence he said to me. And I'm not exactly <laughs> sure why. I think it's because you do it all the time and you feel judged for it, I guess. I don't do it nearly that much, but I was doing it a lot today. Oh, it's not a, oh, I, 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 I you know, I guess I'm judged. No, especially with, with Wes. Every if, if if I belch, there's a ugh, you a nasty bleep bleep. So like when it's someone else doing it, makes me feel a little bit better. I mean, you were just over there like, it, it, was, it brought joy to my heart, man, because I'm not the only degenerate in the room. <laughs> the way you described how disgusted Wes gets. When you just, no, excuse me. That's the problem for you. It's that he doesn't say, excuse me. He doesn't even try to cover it up. Oh, no. It's a barbarian. <laughs> no, no, whenever I'm done, I say, excuse me. I'm a, I'll be honest with no. you. Sometimes. I, I'm, Sometimes. I'm a multiple time burper. It's like, you know, people that sneeze three times. Like if I burp once, I'm probably going to burp again. And I told Wes in the in the couple breaks, I'm tired of being judged, man. You know, we only live once. I'm going to drink all the soda I want. I'm going to eat all the fast food that I want. And, uh, you know, I'm happy. And I wish he could be happy for me being happy. <laughs> It'd be one of those guys that'll live till he's like 92, doing just what he's doing. It's always the classic person who lives to be 110. They mm -hmm. ask him the secret to life. And it was like that one woman said, three Miller Lights a day. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the key. Yep. That's how you continue to make it. All right. The man who will never die. Let's go to the live wire with Josh Fiddy Marlowe. <laughs> live wire connect. connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. Well, here locally, we've been talking a lot about Bobby Slowick being a potential next head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And yesterday, big swagoo Marcus Spears and Andrew Hawkins talked about he could be the guy. That could bring some juice to this Panthers organization on NFL Live. But I think you go get the best guy who you think can galvanize this entire team. They need juice in Carolina, bro. They absolutely need juice, for sure. And yeah. I, I, I won't disagree that a defensive-minded head coach could get this job done. But when you look at the business of the NFL, 
the offensive guys are the ones that are becoming the head coaches, which means no for a young quarterback that has not reached his potential yet, you now run the risk of a revolving door at OC for a guy that has, has not been developed yet. Yeah. So now if you get a good guy and he does well, he's right. off to the next team. You talk about Bobby Slowick, that's probably a guy you should look at. Sure. Hmm. See what he's done with Brock Purdy? CJ, yes, he's young, but all those head coaches you said that had success, they were young in their career as well. This Walker, how much do you think the juice factor if you will, should play a role in his potential head coach candidacy. Oh, it's huge. I, I think it's absolutely huge. They, Frank Wright brought the juice, too. Remember, he was re-energized, recharged. He didn't bring enough. He <laughs> needs to bring a two-liter of juice. And he brought a five-hour energy bottle of juice <laughs> with none of the energy. That's the problem. Yeah, I totally agree with that. They were saying all the stuff that I've been preaching this entire time also. It's the fact that you don't want to lose the offensive coordinator that does a great job. And now we even can use Bobby Slowick as an example. All you have to have is one great year with an unexpected finish on the positive side. And that offensive coordinator is gone. You only have to have one year of calling plays with success. And then you're going to get a lot of interest. And so that's what's really tough. If Bryce Young gets a defensive coach, you have a new OC who does a great job. Now you have one year, your second season. It's a good one. And then you have to undergo change again. Uh, like four offensive coordinators in three years because of the back and forth between Frank Reich and Thomas Brown. I think that's what the Panthers organization is thinking too. I hate it. It's not like I don't want defensive minded guys to get jobs. You can still win that way. You can. We just have a young QB that I want more stability for than what I think a defensive coordinator head coach would do. Yeah, I agree with you. It's everything that we talked about this week with the Panthers getting an offensive guy as a head coach so that you know he's not going anywhere. And especially a guy that's worked with a rookie, worked with a guy helping him adjust to the NFL as Bobby Sloak has done with C.J. Stroud. Also, we talked about uh, just a couple of segments back, you know, a rushing attack in the 20s, starting 10 different offensive linemen. Bobby Sloak knows how to adjust, and he's made stars out of guys that uh, were kind of on the fringe, whether you talk about Nico Collins, now Tank Dell, I expect him to come in and do what he did, but he still went in the third round because people doubted him uh, and his talent as well. So, uh, yeah, I think this Sloak would be a great fit for Bryce Young. There's no, <clears throat> There's no denying that the Panthers are in need of uh, someone to build their culture back up to where it was during the heyday of the Ron Rivera era. And Wes Durham, the play-by-play voice of the Falcons, he joined the Kyle Bailey show. And if you're looking for a culture builder, Dan Quinn might be your guy. i tell you this, he'd be a five-star general in that. I mean, he'd be the best coach. If you want to build culture and you want to build an attitude and an approach, he'd be the best guy to hire. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. In uh, my mind, he would be. Now, <laughs> other people, you know, again, they're fans who are closer, who understand it, who feel it. But just I'm looking at it on the surface, and I think he's somebody that would find the offensive match for what Bryce Young is. Because I don't think that I don't think he's going anywhere. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just doesn't feel like that after one year you're going to part with a quarterback. Wes, you know you've been in a locker room. You know how important culture is. You hear Kirk Kerfew talk about it every Saturday on College Game Day. How much does that maybe give Dan Quinn a legitimate chance to get the job? Because whether it was Seattle or Atlanta or in Dallas, he did build a culture of at least regular season success. Well, my thing is this, you know, I I do respect Dan Quinn and I'm not going to put everything as far as saying I wouldn't want him on one football game. But it is the fact that, like I said, against uh, 
of above 500 teams, this defense struggled. And also, too, with the showing that they had in the playoffs and the fact that, you know, he's done this thing before and he did have some success with Atlanta and then it went south. Uh, but my thing is for the Panthers, I think I'd be more considerate of him if the Panthers had already gone the route of hiring a, a fresh face at head coach that did not work out. But the fact that they're coming off a retread and it went so badly, I just don't want to see another coach uh, that was fired previously from their last stop as the head coach of this football team. I like this idea from 704 saying there's West Durham trying to sabotage the Carolina Panthers with that take. Maybe David Tepper is listening. Hmm, I do like culture. <laughs> if Dan Quinn can do that, West Durham knows. You're the new head coach. Get out of here, Slowick. Get out of here, Ben Johnson. I really hope that's not what's happening. Yeah, you can't hire Dan Quinn. It's pretty simple. You can't hire Dan Quinn after having that performance as a defensive coordinator against the Green Bay Packers, where you got cooked. Matt LaFleur, ballin'. Jordan Love, same thing. Your defenders, not in the right spot, and you are at least responsible for a piece of that. Remember, also, we can go to some of the worst games that he's called as a DC. A lot of them happened this year, if you compare him to other years calling plays for a defense. If they weren't getting after the passer, and Deron Bland wasn't giving you a pick six... They struggled. They allowed people to run on them, too. And that's a weakness here in Carolina right now. So does he fix that weakness? Yeah, you can't hire Dan Quinn, especially after this being a retread with so many other candidates. When we talk about this being such a strong pool of candidates, where does Dan Quinn fit? Like, maybe he's higher in a different year. But this year, there's too many talented names for you to dodge them in order to go hire that guy a second time. I think it's fair to say that us as a show, we know that Wes loves sports drama. I definitely love it. Walker, you do as well. A story we haven't gotten into this week has been the Twitter beef between Jay Gruden, former head coach of the Washington Redskins, then commanders, former offensive coordinator of the NFL, and Robert Griffin III, RG3. Um, And it got so bad last night that Gruden had to delete a tweet, something that his brother didn't have to do with emails and it cost him his job in las vegas a couple years ago but robert griffin took to the to the microphone and to explain his side of the beef with his former head coach so if jay gruden really wants to talk i'm not gonna cuss the man out i'm not gonna call him outside of his name but what i am gonna do is tell you guys the truth and the truth of the matter is there is a moment in dc that is vividly remembered Jay Gruden went to a press conference and he undressed me at that press conference in a way that a coach should never undress his starting quarterback. It was after a game and I said in the press conference that the best players in the NFL have the guys around them play at an extremely high level. No one is out there doing it on their own. Now the the media pundits and everyone took that and said RG3 threw his teammates under the bus. And I had to eat that for a long time because Jay didn't back me in the media the next day. He doubled down on it uh, and, and actually picked me apart in the media. But what people don't know is that the only reason I went to that press conference and said what I said to challenge my teammates through that press conference was because Jay Gruden asked me to do that. What hurt me about that was the fact that after I did that in the press conference, not only did Jay Gruden not have my back, but he actually burned me with it. He came out the next day and burned me in the media. He came out the next day in a meeting in our team meeting room and burned me in front of my own teammates. Took accountability for what I said. He was taken out of con- taken out of context and apologized to my teammates in the front of that team meeting. Now, Jay, knowing that he 
had asked me to do that and still went to the media and tore me down to the media, even in that room, it's the fact that he has zero self-awareness and zero integrity. Because even though he asked me to do something, he didn't have the balls to have my back. What did you guys think? First off, what do y'all think of the beef? And then um, what do you think of RG3, a minute 45, just blasting and exposing the fraud that Jay Gruden supposedly is? Well, when I read what I read at first, because if you remember during the RG3 era, it was a lot of uh, accusations of self-absorption and him wanting to be, you know, everything to be all about him. And I do believe some of that was true. But hearing RG3 side of the story and hearing how long he kind of sat on that, you know, if what he said is true, and I buy an RG3, I don't, buy, I don't fancy him to be a capper. So uh, for those who don't know, a liar. Uh, but I think oh, that you. you know, if that's the truth, then yeah, man. I mean, I think RG3 has a legitimate, legitimate gripe. I mean, if a coach comes and asks me to do something, he's better than me because I would have came out the next day in a press, or I probably would have interrupted his press conference and went and said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You told me." To say this, that's one thing that drives me crazy about people, uh, you know, is when they're fake, they don't follow through on their word. And so if that's the case with Gruden, yeah, that that's not a good look. And RG3 is definitely validated for having uh, a gripe about it. Now, I, I want to get to kind of the ridiculous part of the beef when Jay Gruden tweets out, go race a pigeon to that's RG3. Such a great tweet, though. Yeah. And then this is where it starts to get just really silly. RG3 then quote tweets that <laughs> with a long defense of Seattle's mascot. First of all, all caps, don't you dare disrespect. I don't know the Hawks name. Is it Taima? I know Taina used to be a Nick Lodian show. Well, we don't care about no Seahawks. Anyway, so we'll disrespect his good. name. We don't care. Oh, I don't want to disrespect him. Oh, man, I love birds, man. Hawks. Well, I'm cool. a Niner fan, so I'm going to disrespect the hell out of that bird. RG3 says he is a saint. An equality opponent who can fly up to 120 miles per hour. Secondly, what do you have against pigeons? Do you know that they were a crucial? They were crucial to our World War One victory. The pigeon name is more respected than your last name. Bam! What a silly back and forth about pigeons now. Hmm. <laughs> What's the beef is hilarious for some like legitimately funny reasons. They and got pigeon hold. Okay. <laughs> I just didn't get the last part of that beef. Which, Jiggery, yeah, go race a pigeon. Like, okay. And he All also right, came out and like, told RG3 straight up, you weren't that good. Kirk was better. The Ravens the, didn't want you. That's the, the deleted tweet. The Browns didn't want yeah. you. Like, yeah. That's yeah. the tweet that was deleted by Jay Gruden. All right, so there's the beef. We'll end on that between Jay Gruden and RG3. We have some Charlotte Hornets tickets to give away. I don't know what game they are. Again, Fiddy, I know you have the information. This Saturday, I got two tickets to go see the Hornets and the Sixers. Mm, this Joel Saturday Lee. at Spectrum Center. You go for 60. I need caller number 5704-570-9610 to go see the Hornets and the Sixers this Saturday at Spectrum. If go you're bummed because you can't see Wimby play tonight, he's resting. The Spurs have him on the minutes restriction. Yeah, that's... Un that's unfortunate and frustrating. Be the fifth caller right now. If you're caller number five, you get those tickets to the Philadelphia 76ers game tomorrow night at the Spectrum Center, 704-570-9610. Two more segments to go. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.
McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. And just like that, folks, we are back on a Friday. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92. Point seven FM on the NFL Divisional Round Weekend, college basketball, that stuff. We're still trying to get things figured out with these tickets, having some phone line issues at the moment, but as soon as we get that cleared up, we should be able to get those well, tickets given away. This is what we're going to do. If you are the fifth person to text in Embiid, E-M-B-I-I-D, if you are the fifth person to Spell text right. in Embiid, you will get those tickets to the Philadelphia 76ers game tomorrow night at Spectrum Center. So that's how we'll handle it. All right. And so uh, and some news and notes really quick before we get into the meat and potatoes of this section of the show. Derek Brown named to the Pro Bowl. We know that he was a first alternate, and he will replace Aaron Donald, who's unable to participate due to injury. And so for Derek Brown, who had a historic season as far as tackles for a defensive lineman with 103 of those, broke Christian Wilkins' record from 2022, much deserved. I mean, this is not like a an alternate that just sit in there like uh, he was a fringe guy and he got in because somebody got hurt. Derek Brown deserved to be there. So kudos to him uh, for being honored, and he will be participating in the Pro Bowl games. Uh, no longer the Pro Bowl yeah, games. Yeah, weird. The games, well, uh, the, the, the thing is, like when we try to figure out, oh, okay, the Pro Bowl doesn't really matter anymore anyway because – there wasn't any tackling when they were playing. Now they're doing the whole flag football stuff and they're playing like backyard games, which is fun. Mm-hmm. But the nods still matter because it's how we measure player exactly. success. Yeah. And so it matters when you go back into the history books and mm-hmm. you go check out a player's pro football reference page mm-hmm. and then you see that star next to their name. Yeah. That matters a lot. Hey, he's a blank time pro bowler. Yep. Right. So even if I just think people lose sight of that. Oh, it doesn't matter. Pro Bowl sucks. Who cares? Nobody's going to watch it. It does matter when we how to when we try to figure out how to evaluate a player compared to another and feud and I should say fuel the sports debate of who is the best player who's the best team and so I'm glad to see Derek Brown get what was well deserved all right so for you guys out there we know that you love the top 10 list that walk and I do and sometimes have a little bit of a tift over depending on where we put certain guys so we decided this week even though there's no Panthers game to rank players for we're going to rank the playoff quarterbacks and you know walk and I don't have a bigger discrepancy than quarterbacks so we're gonna do this thing Walker, I'll start this thing off, and I guess we'll go by two since we've got eight Do you want to go from guys. eight to one? Is We're going to go from eight to okay. one, and we'll do them two at a time. All right. So uh, go, go ahead. ahead. All right. So for my number eight quarterback, uh, I've got Baker Mayfield, and I think this is a very quality field of quarterbacks to say that Baker Mayfield's at the bottom. 
Uh, he's got a 102.7 passer rating in the postseason, 7-1 to one touchdown to interception ratio. We know he's thrown for over 4,000 yards this season, 28 touchdown passes, 10 picks. So I've got Baker Mayfield at number eight. Number seven, and I mean, I think this speaks to the quality of this field, is Jordan Love. He threw for 272 and three touchdowns uh, last week against Dallas. Over the last nine games, 21 touchdowns to one interception, 71% completions, man. So Jordan Love is on fire and on his way to stardom. I have the same two. I have Baker Mayfield, number eight, and I have Jordan Love, number seven as well. Well, look at that. Fancy that. I thought Jordan Love might be moved up one spot compared to the other guy that I have at six. But ultimately, I decided that the first half of the season, while he wasn't terrible, yes. just wasn't electric enough. And then he really came on strong. And maybe for this was a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately ranking, Jordan Love, I don't think, could be number six. I think you'd have to rank him a, at least or seven. He could be ranked up a little higher. But right now, Baker Mayfield, number eight, and Jordan Love, number seven. All right, for my number six from the Detroit Lions, I got Jared Goff, okay? In his home games this season, in which he will play a home game for his playoff game against Tampa Bay, pass a rating of 107.9, 2,240 yards, 19 touchdowns to six picks. So it's safe to say when Jared's at home in the dome, he's balling. And then at number five, I've got Josh Allen. Now, Josh Allen, talent-wise, he's near the top of this list. He leads the NFL in total touchdowns with 40 of those. He's thrown 27 touchdown passes, and he's got 13 rushing touchdowns. He's almost going to catch and surpass O.J. Simpson for the single-season franchise record. Have fun with that uh, on the tax line. But he's also got 22 giveaways in 2023, 18 picks the most of his career. So I got Jared Goff at six, Josh Allen at five. This is where we differ a little bit. I have Jared Goff also at six, Baker Mayfield eight, Jordan Love seven, Jared Goff at six. I thought with the way that Jordan was playing lately, maybe I'd have him above Jared Goff, but I'll give Goff some of the respect. And plus the second and nine throw that he had, they put it on his shoulders. He got that done against the LA Rams, his own uh, old squad. So I'll go with Jared Goff, number six. Number five, I have Brock Purdy. And that's I know you were going to get mad at me, but I got Brock Purdy number five. This one I thought we would get through this segment okay. No. And here we go, folks. Cue the Joker gifs, and here <laughs> we go. Brock Purdy's number five. Look, I think Josh Allen, people give him a hard time because he's, yeah, he got a lot of interceptions this year. Can't turn the ball over as much as he does. I understand that. I thought he was really, really good this season for the most part. Is fourth in passing yards this year. He had 29 touchdown passes. You also see him from such a rushing aspect. He's also extremely good there. And then I think we can go to even some postseason success. Like Josh Allen, we can go to that Kansas City game that people want to say is a loss, right? That's why wins and losses don't tell the whole story. But man, that 13-second game losing to Kansas City had absolutely nothing to do with Josh Allen's performance. It was Pat Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey creating magic in one of the more insane 13-second sequences that we've ever seen. And if the Bills win, then they're the ones moving on. So Josh Allen is not void of playoff success. Give me Josh Allen moved up the list and Brock Purdy at number five. Who are you going with? I know you're looking at me. I feel it. I see you. I see you. I like it, though, man, because all it is is getting my boy fired up, Stay man, focused, for this run. Wes, that's, all I'm, sight. that's all I'm worried about. All right. At number four, man, the youngest in charge, C.J. Stroud. And I had a, I had him a little higher, but I had to dial back my enthusiasm. I love C.J. Stroud. I think he is a superstar in the making. 
Jordan Love, C.J. Stroud had the highest QB rating of any of the quarterbacks in the playoffs thus far. I know it was one game, but uh, he passed for a rookie record, three touchdowns, youngest ever to win a postseason game, one of nine quarterbacks to eclipse 4,000 yards passing. He had a tremendous rookie year, third best yards per attempt average. The kid's a stud. And I, and I said this to someone, you know, he is the prototypical what you would expect from a big-time college quarterback. He comes from a big-time college program, all the expectations, the competition. He's come to the pros and translated all of that to the league. And number three, I mean, I guess a lot of people would be surprised he's not one for me. But Brock Purdy is at number three, all right? So, like I said, I mean, what else can we say about the man in his 28 career NFL games, including the playoffs? Historically good start, 111.3 career passer rating. Purdy was exceptionally good this year. He led the league with a 113.0 passer rating. Led the 49ers to a repeat division title. Led the league in passer rating, touchdown pass percentage, yards per attempt, in addition to setting the franchise single-season passing yards record. I mean, if the guy was a first-rounder, nobody would have any problems with him. But because he's Mr. Irrelevant, nobody respects him. That's okay, Brock. Just go win football games. Nobody said a damn thing when Peyton Manning's teams were loaded to the core, when a lot of these quarterbacks' teams were loaded to the core before they could win Super Bowls. But for some reason, Brock Purdy is the exception to where he... He's a product of his offense. Yes, he has great weapons. No question about it. But good Lord, how many great quarterbacks didn't have great supporting cast outside of Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes at times? I rest my case, Dad Gummit. Go ahead with your guy. All right, Brock Purdy, number five. He's number five on my list. Number four on my list is C.J. Stroud, special rookie season. We've gone through a lot of C.J. Stroud evaluation this year, so I'll just leave him there. I think he's been very good. And then number three, I do have Josh Allen. I think he was in the MVP race for a lot of this year, especially the second half of the season. But look, Buffalo, when they had that offense coordinator change, I really thought there wasn't going to be a whole lot of change, but there absolutely was, and I thought they were wrong for firing Ken Dorsey, and then Joe Brady steps in, and they start running the football a lot more. And it's worked a lot with James Cook. Josh Allen is running the football. What he does with his legs is special. Takes a lot of the beating, but also has been accurate and is throwing for over, what, 4,300 yards this past season. Does have the playoff success, as I mentioned. So give me Josh Allen number three on the list. All right. Well, for my final two, I mean, I got the big dog. All right. Uh, This was a tough one. And to me, you could go 1A, 1B. You could do whatever you want to do. But I got the guy that's soon to be a two-time MVP at number two. Uh, ironically, 821 rushing yards. He leads all quarterbacks in that. And four postseason starts, though. Lamar's got a postseason narrative that he needs to solve yeah, he does. Uh, this offseason, all right? Because in four postseason starts, he's only completed 56% of his throws, passer rating of 68.3. That's well below his regular season marks. He's got four playoff touchdowns to seven turnovers. So, Lamar, you know, this is your chance to show everybody that you're that guy in the postseason. But I've got Lamar Jackson in there at number two just because of the talent, and he's going to win his second MVP at number one. I mean, listen, I'm no Chiefs fan by any stretch of the imagination. Frankly, I'm tired of him. But Patrick Mahomes, the big dog, until somebody takes him out, you got to show him his proper respect. I mean, this was his worst statistical season since he became a starter in 2018. 
but he still, you know, he he had a ten and six record, four point five percent touchdown percentage, uh, you know, yards per game passer rating. They're all career worst for him. The fourteen interceptions he's thrown are the most he's ever thrown. But he's two and zero in the postseason against the Buffalo Bills. He's got big time numbers. He averages three hundred and fifty yards. Six touchdown passes, zero interceptions, 75% completion rate against the Bills. So he loves to see that red, white, and blue out there on that football field. But got to give respect to the big dog, Pat Mahomes, until somebody takes him out on the biggest of stages. He's got to be number one. I think the only argument against the top two falling this way would be if you really wanted to hold Lamar Jackson's playoff reputation against him. But other than that, the man has what is going to be two MVPs under his belt. And I have to put him at number two on this list behind Pat Mahomes, who just might finish his career as the best quarterback to ever have thrown a football in the NFL. So the only reason you would move any of those guys was because you want more postseason success for Lamar. But other than that, I think it has to be this way. Lamar Jackson, number two, Pat Mahomes, number one. All right. And so uh, real quick, Walt, when you look at the playoff games that are remaining, which game do you feel like is going to tell us the most about a potential head coaching candidate for Carolina? I'm pulling up the schedule, and we see Bobby Slowick taking on Baltimore. That is going to be a hell of a coordinator matchup because Mike McDonald, the best celebrated defensive coordinator candidate, going up against Bobby Slowick, who is moving up to number one on a lot of people's list. The fact that he was able, along with C.J. Stroud, to dice up that Cleveland defense that was ranked high. Second half, they started to fall off a little bit, but still, it's a good defense. I mean, everybody deserves credit for what Houston did. Yeah, I think that's the game. And then you, Green Bay, Stefanovic, uh, I think is how you pronounce it. Stefanovic, I don't know how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. But the offensive coordinator would be the only one. There's not a lot of buzz around him. Yeah. So I think you, San Francisco Green Bay has the least amount of intrigue from a coordinator standpoint as mm-hmm. far as I'm concerned. So I think you have to – Tampa Bay, Detroit will be fascinating. Are you going to go through all the games or am I going to get a chance to say something? Nope, you got it. What you got? <laughs> no, uh, no, I'm with you 100%. I'm going Ravens and Texans before a different reason uh, because this is a rematch of a week one game. The Ravens beat them 25-9, to nine, but I want to see for Bobby Slowick. He's gotten a chance, even though I know it was week one, he's gotten a chance to see this Ravens defense already. He knows what he's up against as far as seeing them in the flesh, coaching against them, preparing for them. So I want to see what type of adjustments he's going to make for this game. I think that that's huge going into this matchup is that he's seen the Ravens already. So what adjustments does he make for his rookie quarterback to help him to be successful? And if I do recall, that game was in Baltimore too. So uh, there's a lot going in his favor as far as familiarity. So I want to see what Bobby Sloak's going to do what adjustments he will make again, because if there's anywhere that the Ravens are vulnerable, it is to be able to run on them. They're a tough defense to pass the football on. So is he going to cook up some stuff in that run game to soften up that defense? So I think that's the game that I'm looking at the most to see what type of adjustments he's going to make for C.J. Stroud. It's the biggest test any coordinator has this weekend. Yeah. That that belongs to Slowick. It's the best defense in the NFL. San Francisco also has a great one, but as far as, I mean, that test is for Matt LaFleur. Mm-hmm. So if we're going with biggest coordinator test this weekend, I don't think there's any doubt that that belongs to at least of the coaching candidates, right? When you're a defensive coordinator and you're trying to stop Kansas City, 
or Detroit for that matter. So Todd Bowles calling the plays there defensively for Detroit. Yeah, there are some tough calls that you have to make, right? I just think Bobby Slowick against Mike McDonald. That's going to be a really fun matchup yeah. to watch and see what happens in the first game that uh, kicks off 4.30 on now, Saturday. Now, I'll ask you too, Walker. So you talk about that matchup. How much do you take away from what Mike McDonald's able to do defensively against C.J. Stroud? Would you be really impressed if they come out and, and pitch a great game against the Texans? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I... I guess if you're asking, would that make me reconsider how much I want him compared to Bobby? Yeah, Slowick? like more so. Which, what, who does it do more for if they come out on the positive Slowick. side? Slowick, yeah, uh, yeah Slowick. I think uh, because Baltimore's defense has been so good. They're at home too. Yeah, and here you still have a rookie QB. Like it's it's going to be impressive the entire time. Even if we understand C.J. Stroud is a little different than other first year quarterbacks, I still think. Slowick is the guy that if he wins his matchup, it will do more for him than if Mike McDonald wins his matchup. And why are people acting like, I heard somebody say this morning that C.J. Stroud talking about the weather and the fact that he plays in a dome. I'm like, did you guys forget he played at Ohio State? <laughs> oh, okay? no, this is my favorite thing, though. People forget where whenever you get drafted by an NFL team, Wherever you play now is the only weather you're used yeah, to. Yeah, right. That's what happens. We do it all the time. Now, Miami is trying to prove that theory true. If you go to Miami, then you just forget what cold weather feels like. And maybe that's the case after a couple of years playing there. But yeah, C.J. Stroud, I think, has enough cold weather games under his belt at Ohio State. All right, no doubt. Hope you guys enjoyed the quarterback debate, as we always do. And when we come back, we're going to shut this thing down on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Sports Center, Sports Center. Goodness gracious! Oh right, man, we came up, huh? We did. Well, something <laughs> weird happened. Okay, I was reading something, and then my mic wasn't on, despite me turning my mic on. Mm. That was me. I had you potted down because we had a mic issue. A gotcha. few breaks ago. You just trying to protect you, man, because you do. But then breaks. we came back afterwards. Yeah, and I know. Did you but pot I, it? okay, I, I got just, you. I just forgot. So All man, right. God. Well, we're not we're not like you out here getting ten under ten awards and being perfect in life, okay? Some of us make mistakes. Okay, that's where it went. I should have just I should have just kept going. Should have just kept going, but instead <laughs> I had to sit there for a little bit and let Fitty cook. It is Wesson Walker Sports Radio ninety two seven WFNZ. We are ending the show here today. Real quickly, I did want to give a, a quick shout to Coach Ron Turner, who did pass away 
last night, I believe, a former Bunker Hill football coach that has since coached at a few different high schools. And he was there while I was there at Bunker Hill. So former Bunker Hill football coach from 07 to 09, Ron Turner, lost his battle with cancer and passed away yesterday. Ron went to Wilkes Central following his time at Bunker Hill. And I was there again during that time, graduated in 2011. He would go on to AC, go to Wilkes Central, coached at a lot of different stops. And this is someone where I think a lot of people who maybe played high school sports, if you've experienced anything like this, losing good coaches is really hard. And that's what happened to Catawba County. That's what happened to a lot of high schools that he attended and coached at. And there's a viral photo going around on social media of Ron Turner alongside a couple of my best friends in life. There's Will, Chris, Philip, all of them have gone into coaching. Philip went to go coach at App State in part because of what Ron Turner was able to teach him in high school. Chris Kloniger is now running the offense down there at Bunker Hill, where Bunker Hill had the most successful season that they've ever had in their football's history. And they all credit Ron for teaching them so many lessons, not only on the football field, but in life. He was that guy. And I wouldn't say this about a lot of other football coaches or a lot of other coaches that were at my high school previously, but this is the kind of a special person that deserves a shout out and deserves to be remembered in the best of ways. And he would always talk to me in the most happy mood. I didn't play football. I played basketball, but he was so supportive of all athletics. And he would come to me and say, hey, great game last night. Really wanted my opinion on different things that he was working on for some of my buddies on the football team. And so that's a tough loss. And I know even if it's not a family member, so to speak, I think a lot of people would be able to resonate with the idea of losing somebody that was so impactful on your life from a sports perspective, especially if you're listening to sports radio. And Ron Turner was that to a lot of people. So rest in peace in the most peace, Ron Turner, you deserve it. And thoughts are all with his family and anybody who affected. And by the way, it's a lot of people. So just wanted to give that shout to Ron. No doubt about it. All right, Peter coach, man. And uh, coming off of that, we got to go to some positivity Walker. We got to give you your flowers. You an award winner. Yeah. Fitty brought that up in an awkward way. Well, he said, Oh, I'm not here being perfect winning 10 under 10 awards. Yeah. It was like a backhanded acknowledgement of it. Thank you. Wes for attacking that a little differently. No doubt, man. 10 under 10 at the University of North Carolina at Charlotte. You were honored by your university, as you should be, for being one of the Thank you, man. best alums uh, out of your class. That's, is that what so, it is, right? Yeah. Let it's, the people uh, know. So 10 under 10 is an award that is given to 10 people that have, I guess, exhibited excellence in their professional field. That's how they would describe it. Mm-hmm. And so we had a dinner last night and we had what a they few. Serve? They had some chicken, asparagus, rice. It was very good. Cheesecake, okay. good salad at the beginning. But most importantly, there was an open bar. Okay. And we appreciate the open bar. And you with, celebrated. We just put it we, that way. We certainly did. We As certainly you did. Should. With the Gold Rush Lager. Thank you, Cabarrus Brewing Company. Also, with a couple of the hazy IPAs, the Pickaxe IPA is what they also have some wine. And so we appreciate all that. No, but thank you to the school. That means a ton. I, I, I love Charlotte. It's what for here. Here we are. This is a very sappy end to the no, show. Man, so love. They gave you flowers. You deserve to be recognized. Yeah. I, I, you know, Charlotte's great. I cultivated so many different friendships. It made me who I am. I, it's, it's crazy, right? I got to, you know, celebrate with so many other Charlotte 49ers who were also acknowledged there. And let me tell you, I had to dig deep into the list of accomplishments compared to everybody else. Like it was like Walker played basketball at Bunker Hill high school. 
Walker has been in radio for however long. And then there are other people who have like 3 million followers teaching the children that are going to impact our lives in the future. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many well, other. Well, you're teaching the children too. You're I'm teaching them to. sports. You know? I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. But no, thank you very much to Charlotte for nominating me. Stacey Young. Never met Stacey Young. But thank you very much for nominating me, and thank you to Charlotte for awarding me that. It means a lot. It means a ton to be recognized that way. So thank you very much. Can we get past the sappy? Is that okay? Like we should, I, I wish we would have had the awards music to play behind. Us <laughs> Walker was saying that that would have been all cool. right. All right, that was we great. Awards. I apologize for the discomforts. Maybe that was bad radio. We're gonna try to bring you some good radio. It is not instead of bad me talking radio. about my award show. Let's now go to the week that was, and Fitty can clown me a little bit. Did you mention the Wes and Walker show while you were out last night? Or <laughs> It was mentioned, yes. It was Did mentioned. you mention it? No, because it was Fish already ball mentioned. continues. <clears throat> right. They mentioned it in the bio they read. Okay. They tell you what's going on, and they, uh, they talked about the midday show, Wes and Walker, on WFNZ. Okay. Oh, yeah, I did say Fitty. No, Fitty, your name was not uttered. I apologize. My name was uttered, though, earlier this week. Y- y'all <laughs> did a really good job. Letting me process another Cowboys defeat. But as I said, Wes has been on the prowl in other ways, talking about my diet or lack thereof. And (laughs) Monday during the Campus Corner, he made a height joke. I was just going to add, for context, Walker, you're asking when we get the new AP poll. We got it literally as we finished. Wow. Carolina up to four. Duke up to number seven. The only two ACC teams ranked inside the AP top 25. Appropriate. I don't have any problem with it. Yeah, I think. Carolina being four, that's fine with me. Yeah, I think. Syracuse, or not Syracuse. Wake would have been ranked had they not lost to Florida State. But, you know, Steve Forbes. There you go. Floor's yours, Wes. Go ahead. <laughs> it's all good. I'm not going to let that. I'm not going to stoop to that level because I'd have to go pretty far down anyway, about a foot and a half. <laughs> the text line loved it. There were so many. The thing is, it was delivered so well. We moved on. I think if we let that audio play, Fitty picks up pretty quickly. And so we move on. But the text line was trying to say, no, stop. Go back. Acknowledge his clowning. <laughs> Acknowledge the insult. Yeah, old Napoleon back there. I am with <laughs> All right, this is the next one. You can, you, we have an idea of what's coming up next year. What's the next soundbite? All right, so there's no denying that we play the best music of any show on the station from 12, you know, from 12 to 3. We get a lot of requests wanting to know what music we played. Well, we came back with a beat the other day, and Walker and all of his music knowledge, he didn't know the artist. I am willing to speak from a place of ignorance on this. I apologize if this comes off as ignorant. I will ask you, though, Wes, is he a one-beat wonder with this, Drew the Damager? Like, at least in the mainstream, or are there other beats? Yeah, in the mainstream, for sure. But as far as just... In his, at the height of his powers in the 90s. Drew, he was well-respected. Right. And he had some joints because you're playing yourself was pretty dope. That's a beat that gets played a lot, too, but not as much as this. All right, I will take any shame that I need if I did not know this. Nah, because this is what happens. young buck. Well, this is, right, this is what happens. I'll know about it. But because I didn't live at the time, despite me knowing the content, I also don't know the reception of it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when I know about just how hot it was, the popularity, whatever. There are a lot of times where things will slip through the crack. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Fitty is Fitty got me. He's sitting over there shaking his head, acting like, man, Walker, it's a damn shame you don't know about Drew the damn shit. <laughs> I, I love it. Fitty's over there twerking, coming in. He's like, okay, the, the fact that you don't know about Drew makes you a fool. I mean, you don't know about you can't stop the profit 99.9%. <laughs> like, come on, man. I don't, Fitty. You're going to have to teach me. Thank you. I did not know about Don't get it twisted, folks. He's probably uh, reading off of a list somewhere. All right, so I was so wrong on a couple of different things. I know who it is, but also it's J. Rue the Damager. You and I both were doing the Jeru thing. Yeah, you had people back in the 90s that said both. But then I said one beat wonder when in reality that beat was produced by DJ Premier, who produced pretty much every beat we played that day by J. Rue the Damager. So I just, it wasn't very clean. I tried to have that conversation <laughs> real dirty, messy, like wasn't getting anything right. And so I deserve to be punked for that. Last sound bite, Fitty, what you got? All right. The last one, we were talking about Brian Callahan oh and God. him emerging as a potential <laughs> candidate to be the next head coach of the Panthers. And Walker described him in a very awkward way that took me and Wes by surprise. I think the thing that makes me attracted to Brian Callahan is... Yeah, that was a little I, that. I thought about a couple of little things to throw in there too, but go ahead. Is that a little too sexual for everybody? Well, no, I'm you not going to go that far. Like that. Yeah, I'm not going to go that far, but I was going to say, was it his hair or his eyes or something like that? Just say intrigued. You never answered the question, Walk. Was it his hair, his eyes, his I did. jawline? No, I did. I did answer the question when I ranked my top five candidates on their attractiveness, and Brian Callahan was number four. And he was number four because he looks good in a suit. But also has a great five o'clock shadow. Mm, I wish I had a five o'clock shadow. It's really like it's strong. You know it's not full beard, but you know when that thing grows in, that's going to be a full beard that looks fantastic. But he always leaves it to a little bit of imagination. And I like that. He's teasing us a little bit. Brian Callahan is. Mm. Weird end to a show. That'll do it for Wes and Walker <laughs> on the week. Thanks for joining us as you we'll do. see you Monday. Every weekday from 12 to 3 p.m. Have a great NFL playoff weekend. Keep it right here. Listen to the Kyle Bailey Show alongside Smoke Ludwig. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend.